and welcome to Enter the Fold, a Shadow and Bone podcast. I'm Caitlin, your host who has read the books. And I am Andy Kay, your host who has not read the books. Well, none of the books except for the first one now. And the great news for you is season two is like none of the books, but also all of the books. Okay, that's kind of scary. I I mean, for, for listeners, I've, I've currently watched up to episode five, and I think you will all agree with me what has happened. Oh, God. Not in, not in a bad way. Not in a bad way. <laughs> but in a, oh, way. I, I don't know how okay. else to describe that. We, we, you shall see. I shall see. Uh, before we dived into things, I did want to thank everybody who listened to our previous episode and did indeed uh, review our podcast out of spite. I appreciate it. It's always best and to if do you things haven't, out of spite. It is. It is always best to do things out of spite. And if you haven't yet had a chance to review us, please take a moment, pause the podcast. We'll be here when you get back and go leave us a review. That would be awesome. And spiteful. Um, so I did ask folks on Twitter if they had anything they wanted us to talk about today. And we had two folks ask us about our schedule for posting our episodes. And so I just wanted to say our plan is to release this one, or at least my plan. I honestly don't know if I ever got Mandy on board with this plan. So that's fun. Our plan is to release this one as soon as possible and then hopefully get episode two out on Monday. And then from then on episodes on Monday, which is what we did for season one. Yeah, I think that sounds like a fairly reasonable schedule for us. I, I do feel the need to say in podcasts that like, since we started this one, some of us have very serious health concerns. So sometimes things might come up, but hopefully it won't affect the show. And then we also wanted to mention our new our new mascot. Mascots are awesome. I just, I did post a picture of my Milo goat reading Six of Crows on, on our Twitter. Um, He's so cute. I Mandy has just informed me that they're like sold out on the Netflix store. But honestly, if they ever come back in stock and you were thinking to get one, they, they, he's very soft and squishy and huggable. And I love him so much. Say hi, my love. I'm... I, I hit my mic with him. <laughs> that was lame. That was so lame. But I, I'll leave it in. People need to know how lame I am. Absolutely. Absolutely. We are the lamest podcasters in the land bringing you all of your shadow and bone. Exactly. Well, I didn't call you lame. You're you're fine. <laughs> anyway, I am super bummed that I didn't find out about the Milo goat sooner or I would have bought one. But they are out of stock. But we have a mascot. So I will I will likely flood our Twitter with more pictures. Absolutely. I would expect nothing less. Episode one, No Shelter But Me, was written by showrunner Eric Hesserer. Hesserer. I've never heard that name said out loud, and I probably struggled with it last season, too. I think we decided and with Hesserer last season. Hesserer? Yeah. Okay. And it was directed by Bola Ogun. That's what I'm going with. So I got curious about No Shelter But Me. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, I Googled it mm -hmm. and discovered it was taken from a quote that is actually in book three, yes. which, of course, frustrates me to no end because this is season two. We're supposed to be an episode, like book two. So why are they bringing elements from book three in, even though you already warned me that this was likely to happen based on things that you've seen and read, but it still frustrates me. But I do like 
how they've twisted this quote a little bit, Mm -hmm. maybe. And it also reminds me of Buffy a little bit. And it's the second thing about this episode that reminds me of Buffy. So I like that as well. Interesting. Are you going to say the quote? Oh, yeah, I should do that. Um, It is a quote, I assume, by the Darkling. I was trying really hard not to get spoiled. Right, of course. On things as I was Googling this. I probably should have made you do this part. But I assume it's the Darkling speaking. And he says, I will strip away all that you know, all that you love, until you have no shelter but mine. He sounds like a really good dude, right? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know the best. The absolute best. Uh, I I do sometimes wonder, like, I'd... If I ever talk to the any writers, I'd be like, please tell me why you named the episode this. But like, I'll ask them for every single episode starting with season one. He actually did an interview where he explained why he named the episode this. Oh, y- you caught something that I missed? Uh, apparently. That's rare for us. Yeah. Well, there's a Screen Rant article that says Shadow and Bone season two episode titles and meaning revealed. And there are some quotes in here. The showrunners explain that each title has a specific meaning. No Shelter But Me is a line from Ruin and Rising, the third and final book in the Shadow and Bone trilogy. Hesserer explains that No Shelter But Me felt like a good descriptor for the fact that both Alina and Mal and our crows find themselves without any allies and in some pretty deep trouble. So he did take a line from the Darkling and make it about Mal, basically, where Mal and Alina, and then also the crows. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting... It's an interesting choice, and I, I don't mind it in this instance, but I have disliked when they do things like that in the past. But it's an episode title. It doesn't really matter, but also sometimes it bothers me. I don't know. Oh, before we get into it, uh, we do have to uh, say, so the showrunners and writers have mentioned that they are trying to get a Six of Crows spinoff show going or approved by Netflix. Oh, they've talked about that more recently? Yes. They've, they've said, like, officially they've written some episodes. They Ooh. they want ratings on this to be good so that Netflix will approve it. Okay. I am well, of, I... like, five different minds about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I almost like The Crows more than I like Alina. So I'm kind of sort of really down for that. Having watched five episodes, I 100% like the Crow's story more than I like the Alina story, which is a shame. (laughs) Like, not that the Alina story is bad. It's just there's more like the Crow's one is more is snappy, like it's going, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. I I see. I see what you mean. Um, Well, I don't see what you mean because I've only watched the first episode so far, but I imagine what you mean. Okay, so the episode starts. Alina... Having a dream? Question mark. I said it's easy to tell this was a dream because of the slow motion. Right. I suppose I meant is it is it a dream, real dream, or is it is she seeing something while she's asleep that's actually oh, happening? That that's that was my question mark. Got it. Okay. Before we talk about that, oh, I'm so the, sorry to rush you. The the title card is that that fence sign. That's not we didn't have that last season, right? No, that's new. If you recall, last season every single episode's title card was different, and that is true for this season as well. Oh, ooh, okay. I did not recall that, but mm. I liked it. That's cool. But okay, yes, dream. This is um, this is the second thing about this episode that is Buffy-like to me because it seems like Alina is having prophetic dreams or visions. Interesting. Or at the or seeing something that's happening at the same time if it's actually happening. Right. Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, I mean, there's not much, like the, the fold comes for a town. 
and Alina wakes up on a boat with Mel. Well, uh, oh, did did Ben wake up? Was he there in that scene? I can't remember because she had a couple different ones now, and I I didn't take the best notes for this episode. Is this the one where um like there was this big dark blob in the street and it stands up and then the the closed captioning ruins it for everybody and and says here again says Alina. Oh no, I don't remember either. Because you're because there are a bunch of these weird dreams in this one. Um I don't think so. Okay. I just like five minutes before we started talking watched this episode. I know I did too. I rewatched it. Yeah. Um but there are a couple of different of these dreams, but I think this is in this very first one we see Kiergan stand up. Um, I'm just going to check so that we don't sound like idiots. Yes, you are correct. There is a black blob in the middle of the street and it stands up to be Ben Barnes. Yeah, but everybody knew it was going to be Ben Barnes because closed captioning ruined it. I mean, we knew it was going to be Ben Barnes. Anyway, yes, obviously. But- Yes, Alina wakes from her nightmares and we find out this has been a fairly regular occurrence for her, so much so that Mal has drawn them. I assume Alina drew it because she's the artist. Ah, yes. It was the way he presented it. Is it just like the others you've described to me and then shows the drawing? Yeah, it does that. But I'm going to go with Alina drew it because we've seen her draw things before. Yeah, Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, you know, my note here is that Alina and Mal look more like brother and sister than anything else. I find that happens when casting love interests in a lot of YA book adaptations. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, my one big note about this scene is that still it weirds me out whenever the shadow and bone people mention the crows people and vice versa. Because they, they talk about Kaz here and the notes that mm-hmm. and the like forged documents that he made for them. And it's still I'm just like, you don't know each other. <laughs> But, but but they, they do. do they do in the show. Yeah, I, I thought that was nice. Um, it I thought it was a little weird too, just because so much of the first season they were completely separate and like they were really only together for like an episode. Yeah. Um, but it was it was a nice callback. They talk about what they're doing, um, going to Novia Zem to look for the Sea Whip mm-hmm. amplifier. Yes. Um, they are here to find it, and I remember that in the trailer it talked about three. So there's the sea whip and the other one, which I can't remember what it was. Some firebird, fire, firebird. So I may have asked you this when we recorded about the trailer, but is book two? And you don't have to actually answer this, but is book two about finding the sea whip, and book three is about finding the firebird? That's my that's my guess. That's my prediction. However, I have no expectations that the show is going to follow that. If that is what the books, how the books did. It's good to throw out any sort of book expectations for this season. So I think I think that's a book expectation, is that book two is about finding the journey to find the sea whip and book three is for the other one. I can see why you would think that, because three books, three amplifiers. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then the boat ship lands, and they have to go through uh, Zemini Customs. And this is where we learn that there are Ravkin refugees and Alina's dreams aren't just dreams. Dun, dun, dun. Except we kind of saw that coming. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really, they didn't do this for every scene, but they did it for a couple. I really like the map transitions. Me too. I wish they would keep that around. Like even, like I've read the books. I know where everything is and, and, mm-hmm. and I don't find it confusing. But for people who have not read the books, it just links everything together so well. 
to see yeah. how they're connected like that. Because I remember last season, and even reading the book, I was confused about the geography and the world, right? Like, I asked you a lot of questions. Yes. About what things were, where things were. And so seeing the map and having it travel from place to place between scenes was really nice and helpful. And even doing the transition between English and the fictional language of, of this world. Yeah. I cannot I don't know what it's called. Um, well, they have different maybe. languages in different countries, so... I, I, I don't true. know. Um, yeah, no, I really liked it. And I, I wish they had done it more, but I can kind of understand why they didn't because it would have just been the same one over and over again. Yeah. Right? It would have been Ketterdam to Novia Zem, back to Ketterdam, back to Novia Zem, back to Hellgate, right? Like it just would have been kind of the same ones. But uh, hopefully they will do it some more, but maybe they don't since you've seen five episodes. I don't remember, honestly. Okay. I'm not even lying. I I. J- I hope so, because I do like it. It makes so much more sense. I like when shows do that. I also just like the way it looks. I love a good map, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I know. And it's a good map. Yeah. Um, so we are transitioning to Ketterdam. And the crows. Yes. I love, love, love that we open the Ketterdam scene with Kaz, Jesper, and Inej all together walking down the street like they're getting ready to like drop the next hot album. <laughs> right? Like it's dark. It's kind of smoky behind them. We're yes. getting them in shadow. And it's just awesome. They're the best. And I love them so much. Yeah. I don't think I really remembered how much I liked them Mm -hmm. until I saw them again and my heart grew five sizes. Gosh, I just really want to read Six of Crows with you. (laughs) It's going to be good when we do it. One one day. Yeah. And um, yeah, the Crow Club isn't the Crow Club anymore. So they're immediately arrested, aren't they? Or is that after the Crow Club? Um, it was after. It, it, so, the, so they're not immediately re- arrested. So um, we see that the sign is different. It's not the Crow Club. They realize that the Dime Lions are there. So Pecker Rollins has taken over somehow. Kaz has a very quick flashback mm-hmm. to a man who looks very much like Pecker Rollins saying something to a child who is clearly in distress. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, it's like blink and you miss it fast. Yeah. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Like, no idea. Then they get arrested. And Jasper's like, what? We just got back into town. I, I, anytime Jasper has to make a joke is great. And I do feel like the thing that this season has done less good than season one is the humor. They, they need more of it. Mm. But in, when it's there, it's good. They definitely leaned into Jesper's sass in this episode, but it wasn't all humorous. Like, yeah. we can talk about this later, but, like, when he met Wylan, like, I didn't particularly like him and his sass there. Interesting. Anyway, Inej does our favorite thing here and disappears. I know. It's so good. I love Inej so much. Yeah. Uh, it's so good. Just gone. So they load up Jesper and Kaz into the truck to take them off to Hellgate to await for trial for murder. Mm-hmm. And something really weird happens to Kaz while they're in this cart in close quarters with all these other criminals. And I have no idea what is going on. So I like how with this, the, with the quick flashback and this bit in the cart, it's really like the show is saying to the viewers, don't worry, we're explaining Kaz's whole thing this season. It's coming up. Don't worry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, absolutely. I love it because I had so many questions about Kaz last season. Yeah. But something tells me I'm not going to like the things that I find out about poor Kaz's past. So why would you think he'd have a happy past? 
Happy well, I people don't, with happy but... pasts don't do the things he does. <laughs> I know, but I love him, and so it hurts me to think that he had an awful childhood. So it's fair. Yeah. Um, part of it, like I couldn't actually tell. Was he experiencing, was this all just inside his head? Like, was this some sort of like mental trauma, PTSD flashback? Was this too many people having too many emotions and he's experiencing some kind of supernatural, paranormal, oh, Grisha type thing? Okay. Um, I will say Kaz is not a Grisha. 100%. Kaz is not a okay. Grisha. Okay. So this was just like super PTSD. Anytime you, you say something that. like that, I shrug. You just can't see me shrugging. <laughs> okay. Got it. Okay. So they are taken to see Dreesen, the guy who hired them last season. Or is he? I love what they did here. This was a great <laughs> way to introduce Sturmhund and like connect him to the events of last season. Mm-hmm. And you were you were wondering how they were gonna do that, right? Yes. Yes. They they it was it was great. They did a good job. And I I love I, I love having Sturmhund and Kaz talk to each other. And get to play off each other. It's fabulous. I've always thought that, like, after she finished the Shadow and Bone trilogy, she thought to herself, man, I want to write somebody who is like Sturmhund, but fucking ruthless as shit. And that's how she came up with Kaz. Okay, so he is from Shadow and Bone, not Six of Crows? Yes. Okay. Yeah, they, I don't think I understood that. Okay. That's why I like them talking, because it doesn't happen in the books. Right, right. Okay. But, but it's two of my favorite characters ever. So having them talk and interact is, is a lot mm-hmm. of fun for me. Yeah. So I had two comments about this whole scene. Okay. One, Kaz would give Sherlock a run for his money. Yes. That is Kaz's like, deal. Yes. Very much so. And dude, this Sturmhund guy is so damn melodramatic. Like, he is a diva. Yes. Yes, he is. What a great introduction. Yep. That's it. I mean, that's all I know about him, right? He's a diva, so. Yes, it was, I'm not going to say it was everything I always wanted, but it it was really, really good. Good, because I know you were concerned about the casting for this character. I was Okay, I am, Boat's still out. You're always concerned about the casting for all the characters. Boat's still out on that one, honestly, even five episodes in. Oh, okay. But but a lot of that also has to do with the writing. Mm, okay. I feel like they didn't quite get them. Mm. But I okay. honestly, I didn't have high hopes. So it's not, I'm not disappointed, but I'm not overly impressed either. Okay. Um, well, we can talk about that more as we go. Yeah. Um, we pop back for a quick scene with Alina and Mal in a hotel room, new fancy hotel room. Yes. I love that Alina's like in awe of how nice it is, even after she's been in the little palace. Yeah. So having just rewatched season one earlier this week, when they were on the boat and Mal was like trying to get her excited about being in this new place. And he said something like, I, I hear they put hot rocks or I don't know, whatever mm-hmm. in your bed. And I'm like, A, Norvizem is a hot country. So why? And B, she literally wrote to you about that happening in the little palace in season one. And so I'm wondering if the writers were like, well, I, Mal never got the letters. Eh, never mind. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> I really like Alina's dress here. And just like in general, the actress, Jessie Mae Lee, is stupidly pretty. Mm-hmm. And it's not fair. Right? Yeah, totally agree. Um, yeah, my second thought here was, uh, yeah, no, sorry, Mal. You two have no sexual chemistry. Yeah. 
obviously I agree. It's kind of a shame because she does, I feel like maybe when they were casting, they were so caught up on her having to have good chemistry with the Darkling that mm -hmm. they just didn't find a Mal who had chemistry with her. Yeah, and it didn't matter in season one since so much of the season they were apart. Yeah. Right, it was easy to have the chemistry because you're getting the voiceover of, of the longing and everything while we're seeing the images of the other person, right? Yeah. Like, we're hearing Alina's letters to Mal and we're seeing what's happening with Mal, but we don't ever see them together until the very end. And then it's just all action and the Darkling is an evil villain, right? It's not about those two wanting to be together. And so it, it just didn't matter. And now they're getting the chance to explore it. And I was so bored. Like it was awkward to me. And I, to be fair, I don't think that's like they didn't have any chemistry in the books either I didn't think but they have written Mal very differently in the show I, I don't know I mean I like him as a character and I want to want him for her I just I don't see it mm, I can't say anything I have lots of thoughts on that though also I will say because of my looking at our reviews recently like one of my favorite reviews of ours definitely tells me that I talk too much about how much I hate Mal and so <laughs> So whatever Mal comes up, that's like really in my mind now, which is stupid. It's my show. I can talk about how much I hate him all I want. But um, yeah, I agree. Like they have no chemistry. Yeah. And it's a shame because so many of the other actors have lots of chemistry. I mean, and you can you can even see it like later when she has the dream where she's actually confronting. Yes. Her again, like it's just oozing. Out of them. I mean, I don't think there's anybody in the planet who doesn't have sexual chemistry with Ben Barnes. Like, I think he just like projects it onto everybody who's in the room with him. It's I don't even necessarily mean sexual chemistry when I say that everybody else has good chemistry. Like, you know, like there's they everyone else just has good acting mojo together. Mm. But I don't okay. I don't feel like enthralled when it's just Alina and Mal. Right. Not everyone. A lot of other people. Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. Because it's like Jess Bernanette, right? Like there's yeah. no sexual chemistry there, but we love watching them together and yes. like riff off of each other and tease each other. And like later we finally see Nina and Inej talk to each other. And yes, please give me so many more scenes with the two of them. Oh my gosh, yes. One of my favorite scenes yeah. is those two. They, I love their friendship in the books and I want so much more of it here. Yeah. So... uh. The next scene, we jump back to Kaz and Jesper and Stormhund. Stormhund. S-T-U-R-M-H-O-N-D. Sorry. Excuse me. Stormhund. Get it right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he's trying to find out where Alina is because obviously they didn't come back with Alina and that's what they were sent to do. Yep. And he pulls out the the necklace or whatever that she had that she gave them. And, of course, he's very clever. And so he kind of deduces either she paid you off with this or you stole it off of her corpse. And Jesper Just, is very, very offended. When he calls he them vultures line. instead of crows. Oh, so good. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes. I just cut you off, didn't I? I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's totally fine. It's totally fine. It, it is that line. He goes, we are not vultures. We are crows. And then he pauses a beat and he goes, and that makes more sense with context. Yeah. And as someone who has not read the book and does not understand, I love that they put that line in there. But no, 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 you don't understand. There is no context. Wait, there's not? They are not crows in the book. 
that gang doesn't exist. You know what? Put that out of your mind. It's too much to explain. I'm just, so confused right now. <laughs> you know what? Just pretend I said nothing. Put that out of your mind. <laughs> okay. All right. I have no idea what you said or what you mean. Yeah, exactly. I said nothing. It's too much um, to explain, which is why, you know what? No, I apologize. It's why I need to read the books one day. No, I was going to say it's why they changed it in the show because it was confusing, but oh. it, or it's not confusing. Okay. It, it would have been confusing in the show. Anyways. Okay. Uh, one thing I note is they are still playing fast and loose with time in this episode. Mm, yes. Um, here, they say that um, our crows stepped off the ship tonight and that Alina stayed on the ship onto Novia Zem. But we've already had several scenes of Alina and Mal in Novia Zem. Right. Yes. Um, and then later, the... When we get the big reveal scene with with Kerrigan, he's he's acting like he's been gone for a really long time. But well, it must have taken some weeks to get from Ravka to Ketterdam. You think so? On a boat? It's not an airplane. I don't know. At least all week. Well, yeah, but like I don't know. And maybe we can talk about this later. But he was just all, "I have returned," and I'm like, "Dude, you've been gone for like a couple of days." I think it would be, I don't know. It just, it just feels very fast and loose with time. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I do. I definitely think they're also, with, with Kiergan anyways, saying like, I have returned and all that. It's going to feel like longer to the audience because of the two years in between seasons. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh my God, yes. So sometimes you're writing to the audience, not to the world. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Like, I didn't even notice. I Like, whatever. Okay. And I thought it was properly dramatic for him. Oh, he was super dramatic. Okay. So what's a durast again? Is um So a durast is like the official name for a fabricator. So any of the Grisha that you saw in purple. So like David's okay. a durast. They work with, they can manipulate material goods mm-hmm. like or materials. Did they, hmm? did they use that term in season one? I, I thought they didn't they just call them fabricators? Maybe. I I don't particularly remember. Okay. Well, we officially know that Jesper is a Grisha now. Mm-hmm. Um, I did find it interesting the way that this conversation played out between Jesper and Kaz. Because and, and I don't know how long they've known each other. It feels like they've known each other for a really long time. They trust each other with their lives, even though they don't necessarily know all of each other's deepest, darkest secrets. Right. But when Jesper is like, you knew, and Kaz is like, of course I did. All of the examples he gave were from season one, which was like the span of a week. Right. So it just it, it felt a little off to me. Again, I think that was writing to the audience. Okay. You know, like here are the things the audience would have seen him do. Right. Okay. All right. Oh, you are more generous with the writers than I am, I think. In this particular instance, let's not give me any benefits <laughs> there. Sometimes. I'll, I'll be mean uh, later. Uh, how, long, how old do you think they are, Kaz and Jesper? I would in the place show. them in their, the characters. Yeah. I would place them in their 20s. Like their early 20s? Um, Mid 20s? What do you think? Probably mid-20s, if only because of the remark that Jesper has later um, to Wyland. He's like, shouldn't he be graduating university or something? And so he should be 
older than graduates. Okay, well, but n- not old. I mean, they're not American, so that, that that's actually <laughs> a fair point too. Yeah. Um, in the books, the crows characters are like seventeen and eighteen. They are older in the show. Like so is Alina and everything. Like they've mm-hmm. they've definitely aged them all up for the show, even though they don't officially. They're obviously not teenagers, right? And Jesper would have met Kaz. Oh, I don't remember the particulars, but not more than a year or two before the plot of Six of Crows. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Wow, some shit's gone down to make them trust each other that much that quickly. I guess when you're in a gang, that's your family, for lack of a better word, especially in Ketterdam, in Barrel. I don't know. I like in this scene that they're close enough that Jesper feels comfortable calling Kaz out on telling Stormhond where Alina is. Mm Mm-hmm. And I also like that Kaz didn't betray her. He just made the best of the situation, right? Because I was right there with Jesper. I was like, holy shit, is Kaz really, like, I want to like Kaz. Like, Kaz is ruthless, but he's still a good person based huh. on everything that I, based on everything that I know so far. Okay. He's still a good person. He, he may do the wrong things for the right reason. That's kind of where I am with him. Okay. Kaz would not like being called a good person. <laughs> But he didn't betray her, right? Like, he he recognized that Sturmhund had already kind of figured it out and was just trying to get it out of them as, like, confirmation. And so he made the best of the situation and got their money back. I, on this instance, I'm, like, on the other side of things from before. Like, I think that was bad writing. I think the writer shouldn't have had him explain. Oh, okay. Kaz is more interesting when you don't know. Mm, maybe. I don't know. But I also may not know enough to know how I actually feel about that because I haven't read the book. Yeah, no, that's fair. Like, I I do... And this was one of my complaints about season one, Kaz, also, that they've made him way less ruthless than he is in the book. And that's... Is he too likable? It's not that he's too likable because Kaz in the books, again, even before I knew everything about him, I still, like, really enjoyed his... Like, as somebody who... Like, for Six of Crows in particular, like, Inej and Nina are right there for fabulous women but still this asshole named Kaz was my favorite character and and it's like a betrayal of myself you know to like a man <laughs> more than I like the women right right but it happened I don't, it's terrible um but it is and one of the things that I enjoyed about him is even sometimes when you're in his point of view you get an explanation but other than that he's not going to explain himself he's just going to do the shit he wants to do so the fact that they have him explain himself here I don't know it it feels, it feels like not a character. It feels like they're trying to make him more likable for a TV audience. Well, maybe they are. Some things don't translate the same way. No, that's true. Maybe, maybe I wouldn't like it if they didn't have him explain what he did there and just had him shrug and move on or or whatever. I actually don't think yeah. he has a shrug. He would just be like, "Do you want to go or not?" Okay. But I think follow. That's what he would say. Follow. Yeah. <laughs> I just think in. The point of Kaz is that when he does do good things or when he doesn't do the monstrous thing, that's like it's rare or in the it means so much more, you know? Hmm. Okay. I don't know. Anyways, this is this is me trying to deep dive on Six of Crows when this isn't Six of Crows. So let's move on. And doing it without spoilers. Yeah. You're doing a great job. Great job. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. (laughs) All right. Back to Alina and her dream. You definitely know this one's a dream because she's in her blue kefta. Which I love. It's so pretty. So I'm glad we got to see it again. 
And then we actually get Ben Barnes. Yay. A very, very beautiful Ben Barnes. I absolutely forget what they were talking about here. I just wrote down, yes, you can see good chemistry here. And when he puts his hand on her face, like it's good chemistry, but also it makes me like, ugh, like don't touch her. It's gross. Like it's so, <laughs> but like in a good evil way, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. It's so violating, but it's so perfect. Yeah. Yeah. No, my notes, it, it literally, I typed Ben Barnes. That's it. That's the note. <laughs> I have no idea what they talked about here. I remember her walking in and going, you, very like telenovela-esque. And then I don't know anything else that happened because he was on the screen and his beautiful dark eyes were looking at me. I understand. I don't think my husband would understand, so I'm very glad that you do. Um, <laughs> and then Alina wakes up in the library. And not even like in a secluded corner or anything. She genuinely just fell asleep in the middle of the library with everyone around her. That seems right. weird and dangerous, but okay. Yeah, no, I would have been snoring and drooling all over the map, so I could never do that. But, I mean, this is this is Alina. It's Jessie. She's too beautiful to do those she's things, She's too right? beautiful, and she's a saint, so. Oh, absolutely. And then we hear the word duress again. Yeah, it is weird that we don't know, we don't remember at all if it came up in season one, but it comes up, like, a couple times in this one episode. Yeah. It makes me think that, duress are going to be important this season um i i mean i don't know i'm just saying that's what that's what this makes me think i mean you're not like right or wrong you know it, but like no more than any other grisha um okay maybe more so than they were last season and that's what they're trying to do mm. well because last season was definitely about the fire and the heart renders yeah yeah i guess so at least those are the ones that i remember the most about because they're flashy and because and you like Nina. Oh, oh. You also true. You remember how you didn't recognize Nina in the trailer? When yeah. I was watching the episodes with my sister, she literally turned to me and was like, that's a new actress, right? <laughs> and I was like, no, no, same lady. So it's not just you. Well, it's because most of season one with Nina, she was bedraggled with like wet, sodden hair and like furs wrapped around her, right? Like, yeah, maybe. She was a prisoner and she was shipwrecked. We didn't get to see pretty Nina. I mean, she's beautiful no matter what she wears or looks like. But yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Anyway, I liked this Durast because it was very clearly that they were giving a wink and a nod to the idea that she knew exactly who Alina was and was still helping her. Yes, I like. Which is a nice bit of foreshadowing. And we do get like a brief glimpse into that different countries have different thoughts about Grisha mm -hmm. and different cultures around them mm -hmm. it was ever so brief and possibly if you haven't read the books you wouldn't even notice it but it was nice to see and i liked the the librarian right when, when alina's like oh you're a durast and she's like we don't use such limited words here in the mini or the mini people don't i don't know because the mini is actually what you call the people it's not the name of the country i don't yeah. remember how she said it but basically she's like we're not so limited with our vocabulary here. We're all just blessed. Yeah. I was like, I like that. Yeah. Definitely drawing a barrier between the way the Rovkins feel and the way that they feel in Doviazem. And also the way they feel in Fierda, mm, who just yeah. think they're all like evil witches. And we haven't really seen too much about how the shoe treat Grisha, but it's, it's not great either. Mm. I have a question about this scene with the map. I probably have an answer I won't give you. Well, I mean, I actually know the answer. Oh, okay. This is this is a bad writing 
question. Mm-hmm. If she can see it by holding it up to the sun, why does she need to hide and create her own light? Because she wanted to be sure. Fucking plot device so that she can hide and hear the others blaming her. That's fair. It's it irritated been... the shit out of me. I'm like, that one is pretty dumb, actually. Because, again, she was just asleep in the middle of the room. Right? They could have been standing right next to her. They didn't seem to care. Yep. My next note is, oh, shit, First Army. Everyone loves the First Army, right? Mm. They're the good guys. You know how we know they're not the good guys? Besides the fact that they're, you know, chasing Mal here. Mm-hmm. And, and they want the, the ransom for the reward for Alina. It's the first army that breaks the guy's pot. Oh, yeah. And they're chasing after Mal. And Mal, even though he's basically running for his life, takes the time to stop and pay him for it. I did write down here that they, they had to make sure we all know that Mal is a good guy. Right? 100%. I, I presumed that they put that in to buy the Novia Zem people protecting them later. Like, that was that was my thought there. Oh, I didn't even connect the two. Like, I get that the Novia Zem were, were protecting them because maybe they believe in her as a, a saint. Mm-hmm. Um, although, again, I'm unsure if their culture would. Like, I, I, I don't remember. But just, you know, when the good guy is being chased, you, you, you know, like, it was very clear that Mal was the good guy in that situation to the people on the streets also. Right, right, right. Fair enough. And then we seem to leave the world of Shadow and Bone entirely uh-huh. and somehow venture into an Indiana Jones movie. Oh, the, the chase. chase scene. The chase scene through the like the obstacle course of the like catwalk balconies and you get the like Mal successfully doing it and the first army people falling through and stumbling. And I'm like, what is this? Why is this in my show? Again, I think. No, I got nothing other than. They want to make Mal a good main character. They failed here with this, <laughs> honestly. I mean, it's like this show took a left turn into crazy town for about 30 seconds. Or maybe they just wanted to show off that they got more money this season. And then they brought it back home by showing the many people protect them and get them out. Yeah, that was good. And then we get the twins. So I, yeah, I love the twins so much that I just like, I was like, fuck the chase. I don't care. Twins. <laughs> My note here is, oh, these two must be tough because they showed us all of their weapons first. But then one of them started talking about poetry. <laughs> While the other one just wants to go to the pub. Yeah. I love them. Um, I want to know more about them. That's fair. You know, I've read like at least four books with them in it. Maybe more. I don't remember. And I want to know more about them too. Plus, she's really hot, so. <laughs> Both really hot. You know, can't, the weird Mal-Alina chemistry aside... Everyone in this show is ridiculously hot. Agreed. Um, quick quip, man, everybody's on a poster, right? Because we see Alina and the Darkling on a poster, and mm-hmm. then we get the the poster of uh, Kaz, Inej, and Jesper. Mm-hmm. Everybody's wanted. Everybody's on a poster this season. I, I really Ra-ra. liked that they had Alina call out the ridiculousness that happens every time that there is a wanted poster of somebody ripping it up. Because she was just like, I'm sure they've printed more. But I don't right. remember if it's this episode or next episode. But they have Kaz rip up the Crows poster also. And they don't call it out that time. So they, like, call out the the stupidness of it. But then they, they lean into it also. Like, mm-hmm. it's like That's writers nice. can't help themselves. If there's a wanted poster, somebody has to be angry and tear it up. 
Um, I don't think Kaz sees their poster in this episode. I'm so, so sorry then. Small spoiler for, I think. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Um, one, I love that Kaz knows Inej is there when Jesper does it, and it scares so the good. shit out of it's Jesper. It's so good. Oh, but just before that, when you see Inej stealing knives all over the city, that makes so little sense because she has her own knives. But also, I love it, and it's fabulous. Agreed. I was wondering, why is she stealing knives? Because yeah. she has all of her own knives. And then I was like, I don't care because it's fabulous. So exactly. I think they were writing to the audience. Yep. And <laughs> who cares? Um, and then we find out that Pekka Rollins owns everything. Yeah. Including Inej. And that Tanta Helene has been murdered, which is a writing choice that I despise. I, I think it's bad. I think it's wrong. I hate that they did that. Because now she's gone and Inej can never get her own revenge. Or not even revenge, but just be free of her while she's still there. Her you know? Closure, yeah. Yeah. And I I hate I hate it. I hate it so much. As I have not read the books, I have I have no yeah, on it. I've there's a lot of things in this season that if you can divorce it from the books are good. But I'm having okay. difficulties. I see. Anyway, so we meet Wyland playing a flute. Love it. Um, n- no, this is not where we meet Wyland. Oh, these are my notes. Inez stealing everyone's knives, good. Wyland playing a flute, love it. <laughs> I, I, I apparently just didn't note down anything in the middle. We're almost there. Okay, hang on. It's um, Pekka Rollins shoots the cop. Oh, right. And they get framed for that murder, too. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So, because my note here is, man, Pekka Rollins is a piece of shit, but I love his accent. And I'm pretty sure I may have had that exact same note in season one. We only saw him that one time in season one, so I don't... I know. I don't remember. Like, I feel like saying I love his accent is something I have said before, so apparently he I does, The actor does have a good voice, and he does a good job, yeah. like, using it, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, and then we see Wyland playing a flute. And my note is, I don't get these three dudes. Did they steal his money? That is yes. unclear. Is that what happened? Yes. Okay. Like, because they, like, looked really menacing, and we got some menacing music, and then it just cuts to Wyland walking into his workshop, and he doesn't look any worse for the wear. Oh, no, Wyland would just let them take the money. Okay. Well, we don't know that, so I feel like that's a poor introduction. Oh, that's fair. That's you know what? That's why you're here to point out shit like that. Because um, I, yeah. of course, I'm just like, yeah, they got that money, and you're like, <laughs> did they beat him up? What happened? I don't know. Yeah, no, no idea. Yeah. And then Inej gets caught by a lot of dudes, and um, I think it's hilarious that those dudes thought that they needed that many to take her because, of course, they did. Mm-hmm. But I really kind of wanted to see that fight, even though Nina came to the rescue. I'm going to say, don't worry. You're going to see Inej kick some ass. Okay. And then um, we kind of get this quick, brief introduction. Inej recognizes that she was on the boat with them. And mm-hmm. Nina says, you were with the funny guns and the angry hat. Yep. And that was especially hilarious to me because in the previous scene with Kaz, Joseph happened to look up at my TV because he was playing Destiny. And he goes, he looks angry about Kaz. (laughs) Knows nothing about him. Was just like, he looks angry. Yeah, that's that's Kaz in a nutshell. Looks a little angry. 
Um, so yeah, I, I think forevermore they are now going to be the funny guns and the angry hat. Okay. I like it. It's good. And then we get a quick cameo of Matthias. Yep. I, ju- I just wrote down his name. That was my one note for that scene. Matthias. He's, he's there. Yep. Well, and then I said, damn, they tattoo their prisoners. That's brutal. Oh, yes. Because they were tattooing the word murderer on that one dude's back and it did not look fun. I mean, tattoos aren't really fun. Uh-uh. Well, until they're done. Yeah, yeah. Then they're great. But like <laughs> getting stabbed over and over again sucks. And and you're paying somebody a lot of money to do it. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I have three tattoos. So I'm, like, I'm not judging anybody. Oh, yeah. No, same. Same. Hey, I also have. Oh, no, technically four because Matt Smith's signature is its own. That's the nerdiest thing you've ever said. And you've said some truly nerdy things to me. <laughs> Matt Smith's signature. Oh, lordy. Yep. Yep. Okay, I have another question for you, and this is a real question that I don't know the answer to. Okay. Um, we cut to, I think, Mal and Alina talking about getting on a ship mm-hmm. and having that conversation and realizing that the one ship is private. And so they run up to it, and they start talking to the twins about getting on. But before then, her and Mal talk a little bit about Kirigan mm-hmm. in the past tense. Mm-hmm. Why doesn't she realize that he must be alive? Um, okay, so I'm going to say all of this is completely different than it was in the book. Like, completely different. We're going to read Siege and Storm after this, and you're going to say, what the fuck? Okay. So you don't have an answer for me. <laughs> My guess would be that she doesn't want to believe he's alive and that she just wants to tell herself it's dreams. Not visions. Okay. Even though she knows that she's, I don't know, man, I don't know. Right. Like she knows that these things have been happening and she knows the fold is moving. And the only way that it should be able to move and get bigger is if Kerrigan's alive. Yeah. So it just, it makes, it makes me not respect her very much. She's got to just be fooling herself. Okay. I'm sure she knows deep down. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll accept that. And then we get... The twins, apparently. We don't actually know they're twins. I know they're twins because you told me they're twins. Right, yes. Just really hating Ravka and the First Army. They don't give two shits about who Alina and Mal are, although they know. Mm-hmm. And they just are like, hey, let's fuck up the First Army. <laughs> I like it. If you know where their story goes, that's really hilarious. But you're right. And then my next note is Jenny in a cage. Yep. Jenny's in a cage, frowny face. And I also, like, before, even before he comes up back, this is what I really hate about the Darkling. More than the manipulation and everything. Like, he wanted to make a safe place for Grisha, but he still went about it in a way that was us versus them. So as soon as he is at least perceived to be gone, it's no longer a safe place for them. So, mm-hmm. like, everything is lies with him because he wasn't making a safe place for them. He was making a little empire for himself. However, he comes back in this very dramatic way and yes. says, I have returned. Now let's go cook some dinner. The way that he said that really made me think he was going to eat the people. I did too. Right? It was really weird. It was really weird. I'll give you that. But. And I don't think he's quite a cannibal yet. You know, like, I don't think he's gone that weird. Yeah. Yeah. But, okay. So, you know, when we talked about the trailer, I asked, Mm. did he really have people standing behind him and were they his followers? Because why would anybody follow him now? And in this moment, particularly with Jenya, I understand. Yeah. I do. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, yes, he's a little melodramatic and everything, but 
if you have to choose between the person who just locked her in a cage and was going to starve her to death or leave her to be killed by the monsters in the fold and the admittedly dark man who values who you are and doesn't care what you are and saved your life. I mean, like, yes, him. yes. And for a lot of them, yes. But let's let's not forget that the Darkling let Jenya be used by the King of Ravka for most of her life in bad ways. Oh, I know. That's an, that's that's another reason why he is a piece of shit. But I don't know that Jenya recognizes that he's a piece of shit for it. She still she has always seen him as her savior. Yeah, I um I got nothing. I mean, I have lots, but yeah, we'll get there. Also, I called his new creatures creepy fold zombies. Do you want to know what they're actually called? Sure, Nichivoya. Nichivoya. I'm pretty sure it means nothing, like like capital N nothing. Well, now it means creepy fold zombies. Okay. And then Jesper and Wyland meet. So Wyland has a line here where he says, we've, uh, and then he stops right. and he says, I'm Wyland. What do you think he was going to say? He was totally going to say we've already met, but he did not have the balls to do so. Okay. Now, uh, n- n- my next line is about Nina. So do you have more? No, my next line is Nina Zenick. <laughs> Is that your next note? No, uh, mine is not as nice. I oh. hate a line that they put in here um, where she just sort of very offhandedly calls Matthias the love of her life. Uh, bullshit. I love the line. Bullshit. I hate the delivery. No, I hate the line too. They've known each other for like a week, maybe two. Uh, bullshit. Mm, I no. get. <laughs> no, I t- I'm a hopeless romantic. You know this about me. I'm the person who totally believes in stories and love at first sight, meeting your soulmate. The the prince you've never met can wake up the sleeping princess because he is her one true love. I love those tropes. So I do not say bullshit here. Loved the line, hated her delivery. But I totally understand where you're coming from. I suppose my problem with it is having seen what they how their relationship happens in the book, I don't like her saying that now. When I know they go through so much together later. Okay. And that there's so much more for her to know about her relationship with him, good and bad. And mm-hmm. and it seems, it feels like it cheapens it for her to say that now when there's so much more. Okay. That's why I don't like it. I, I, I hear you completely. Had yeah. I read the books, I would probably agree with you. So I'm going to give you a counterpoint from someone okay. who has not read the books. That's fair. Great epic love stories continue to grow. So even though you know how you feel about that person from the beginning, doesn't mean you know everything right away. You continue to learn and you continue to go through shit and it's still okay. So I think it's totally fair to say two weeks in, he's the love of my life and then go through a whole fucking shit storm and learn even more and have that be even truer later because now you understand more of the depth of that love. I told you I'm a fucking hopeless romantic. I can't <laughs> help it. Can't help it. You know, I'm in fiction. I usually am also. I just didn't like it here. Maybe it does have to do with the writing and or the delivery or something. But it it felt, it, to me, it felt like it cheapened their story. I, I understand yeah. what you're saying, but... Honestly, if I had fallen in love with the story that you fell in love with, I would probably feel the same way. Yeah. But I fell in love with the Nina and Matthias story that I know. Yeah, that's fair. From, from the, the book, from the show. So, 
And I did. They were they were probably Nina was my favorite character last season. You know, Nina is like the fabulous. She she's the best. She, I I do love Nina. <laughs> I love her so much. And that probably makes this line even worse for you. I get it. I have totally get it. So much to say that I absolutely cannot say. I'm sorry I torture you like this. Well, I think this whole podcast was my idea. So, I mean, I'm not actually sorry. Let's yeah, yeah, I didn't. Don't worry. Yeah, I didn't think you were. <laughs> I love these conversations. I think they're fascinating. I get. I, there's so much I want to say, I that I can't say. Write it down, and we'll talk about it. No, even after, no, it doesn't matter. Oh, we, but we no, can't, can no. we? Like everything's just out of order now. <laughs> yeah, there's no, it. You don't. So there are well, three, four, five, six, seven Grisha verse books. Mm-hmm. And there are things that happen with Nina in the seventh book that I'm thinking of in this conversation. Like, and, and, and I know logically all that shouldn't matter for her, how she feels in her life right now, obviously. And I'm not saying like there's good stuff with Matthias all the way through, too. but. It's again, they just they, they have so much of their life to go that I just hate that line here. Okay. No, it, it makes sense. I get it. Totally. Yes. Okay. Anyways, then um explosions. Yep. Uh first, my favorite line, I think, from this episode. Mm-hmm. It's a Nina line, oddly enough. And oh. I think it's just the delivery. Kaz tells everybody follow. I can't remember if he says follow or if he says follow me. Um, I don't think he says it. I think he just walks away. No, he does say something. Okay. Um, and I think the reason that I, like, you know, I could be making it up because Kerrigan says follow. Yeah. At the, you know, so I don't, I don't know. Anyway, Kaz walks off. They're all meant to follow. And Inej turns to Zena, to Zena, Nina, and says, he does this. And she goes, does he? Oh, yeah. So <laughs> with that sassy tone and I loved it, but she followed. Yes. So I think what, what he says there is that he's going to need Nina's help in the aftermath. And she says the aftermath. And then Kaz just walks away. And then um, Inej says he does this. And then we see the explosion and she's like, oh, the aftermath. Yep. Yep. Um, so I have another question that you're not going to be able to answer here. Yep. Right. And unless this is calling back to something that he said in season one, and I'm just not remembering it. Mm. But right before we see the explosion, he says, brick by brick. Yeah. Then there's an explosion. What? Is that something you can tell me about? It's something he thinks about a lot in the book. But they didn't. It's not a callback to season season one. one. It is not a callback to season one. Okay. So we will likely get more of that later? Or is it just something for the (laughs) book readers? I don't know. All right. We're going to get more of that storyline. Yeah. Okay. Of like the okay. Crows versus Pekka Rollins. Definitely. Sure. I have a theory, but Let's I don't see how it. my theory can be right. Let's hear it. And I don't want you to answer my question or even really react to it. Okay. Because I don't, I don't want you to inadvertently answer the question right. with a tone or something. But is Pekka Rollins Kaz's father? So whenever you give a theory... It's very interesting for me to hear it as somebody who knows everything. Mm-hmm. Because, and like I read the book so long ago, I don't remember if I had theories. Okay. So I find it very interesting. Like I just, I, I love the theories you come up with. That's what I'm saying. And some of them are wildly wrong, but some of them are right. 
and we shall see. Like, I feel like that can't possibly be right because they, it feels like they look so similar in age. But I'm fairly certain Pecker Rollins is older, probably significantly older. And he did have that flashback, the very, very quick one of a dude that I'm fairly certain was Pecker Rollins while he was a kid. So I just, I'm just wondering that that's, I will be looking out for more of the Pecker Rollins storyline. Don't worry, you will get it. Okay. So that is episode one. Yes, it is. Uh, Episode MVP. Are you going to make me go first? Oh, I can go first if you want. That's fine. I have, okay, when we were discussing, when you reminded me that we do episode MVP, my first thought was the twins because of their oh. awesome introduction. Yeah. Um, and it their awesome introduction really calls back to Kaz's awesome introduction from season one, which I thought they fucking nailed in season one. And again, I think they nailed the introduction of the twins here. And then immediately after I wrote that down, I was like, whoa, 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 Kaz and Sturmhund speaking to each other. And then I could not decide. So the twins introduction, loved them, loved it. It was so good. The slow-mo on their weapons, fabulous. (laughs) But also whenever Sturmhund and Kaz interact, that's like what dreams are made of for me. That's literally my two favorite characters from the entire seven book series talking to each other so okay i am gonna go with uh, a bit of Sturmhond as well um the scene where he's like jesper's like who are you no kaz is like who are you and he's like oh come on come on you have to know me and he turns around and he gives them his profile and he like does that like supermodel yeah that that was good pose with the little head that's the mvp moment of the episode we're agreed then yes that's what that's what it'll be i will i will i will give us that All right. Fantastic. So hopefully we will have episode two out on Monday. That is the plan currently. And then we will go week by week on Mondays thereafter. Yes. All right. So if you want to give your thoughts, I'm sure a lot of people disagree with me about the Nina line and about some other things that I said there. So if you want to get mad at me, uh, you can tweet us at enter the fold pod and email us at enter the fold pod at gmail.com. Mandy checks neither of those. So spew forth your spoilers. Uh, I mean, maybe be nice to other people on Twitter, but eh. I'm Caitlin and you can find me on Twitter at inferior Caitlin. Or if you want to see what I'm reading, you can follow me on Instagram at inferior Kate reads. And I am Mandy Kay, and you can actually find me on the Fediverse. I am at Mandy Kay at Mastodon.social. And remember, I had some really good hats in there. Actually, oh, great, wonderful. When I said wonderful, I did not see my voice on my, you know, my doohickey. But then I moved my mic and everything's good. Okay. The very technical term of doohickey. I'm so glad. I'm excited to put this in the outtakes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I... It is only by pure accident that I ended up watching this last night. Pure accident, not that we had this scheduled for today. 
I forgot this was scheduled for today. I thought it was Saturday. 